0: Hey, good morning everyone. My name's Andy. I hope you're well this morning. I just want to take this opportunity to wish our good friends at Jubilee, Ndoruz Mubarak. It was New Year yesterday for many of our Iranian friends and others uh, from the Middle East. So, Happy New Year to you all. This morning we're continuing our sermon series on life on the front line. And today the subject we're going to look at is generosity. Generosity on our front lines. How can we reach out using generosity to friends, work, colleagues, school, college and university or even strangers? How by living generous lives can we display the generosity of God to others? Now it's nice to receive a gift isn't it? It can give us a warm happy feeling that someone cares about us enough to display an act of generosity. One of the best presents I received was at Easter a few years ago. Now, knowing that I don't like chocolate Easter eggs, my mother-in-law, Juju, instead got me this. A load of fruit pastels. You see, she knew that it would show more generosity and more thought to give me something that I really enjoyed. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it hard to be generous. Sometimes the struggles of life, be it financial, work commitments, or just general busyness of life, can get in the way of me being generous to others. Sometimes I find uh, other people's generosity, particularly people I don't know, towards me suspicious. I find myself asking questions like, is this too good to be true? Or what are they after? Or is this a scam? We do have to be careful in today's world, as scams do happen. But it led me to think about why have we arrived at a place where sometimes generosity is difficult why is this today's world particularly in the west is very much individualistic the world promotes that it's all about what i want what i can get and keep for myself so have we become a more selfish generation when did this start was it after the sexual revolution of the 1960s Or was it in the dot-com generation of technology and social media? Well, it would seem that we need to look just a little bit further back in history to find our answer. In fact, we need to travel right back to the Garden of Eden at the start of God's good and perfect plan. God's creation was perfect and there was an abundance of everything. And he called his people to a life of abundance and companionship with him even charging his people to look after his wonderful gift. But rather than live this life of abundance, man chose to not trust God and instead live a life of scarcity, of struggle and of poverty, living like that there isn't enough, hoarding possessions and fighting over land. We see this nowadays in conflicts all over the world, don't we? God wasn't happy with this and through Noah he started again but soon after humanity falls back into living in scarcity and struggle. God would intervene again and he makes his promise with Abraham that his people will enter the promised land, a land of peace and abundance. A little later in the Old Testament when God's people finally enter the promised land they fall once again. They don't live in the promise of abundance. But God intervenes for a final time. But this time it's different. This time he would intervene with himself. He humbles himself and comes into the world to intervene one final time. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And may I add, a life of abundance Jesus's life and death is the ultimate expression of God's generous love he longs for us to live the abundant life he promised in Eden that he promised to Noah and that he promised to Abraham a life of abundance only possible because of the death of Jesus You see, we've been set free from the struggle and scarcity of this world by the blood of Jesus. He's given us new life that we may live, as it goes on to say in John 3 a life in the light, reflecting the glory of God to all that may see it. I hope you're seeing the heart of God for us through this. He is the God of abundance, He's a generous God. We're called to be a generous people because this is who God is. It's even in one of his names. His name's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. A generosity to others displays to them the generous, relentless love of God. A love so overwhelming, he couldn't help but come to earth and intervene. He who was rich became poor that we may have life life in abundance and we need to share this relentless overwhelming love on our front lines displaying the generous love of God wherever we can amen now I know for some of you you might say well Andy that's great but my life's a real struggle how can I live like that how can I be generous if I don't have anything life doesn't feel abundant to me As an example, for most of our married life, we've struggled financially. And sometimes it's hard to give to others when the bank's screaming at you saying, No. But this is the life that God wants for us. It's what He intended all along. It's what compelled Him to give His only Son for you and for me. We need to trust in God that the abundant life is for us today. So how do we live generous lives? How do we free ourselves from the chains of scarcity and struggle the world would have us in? The life of Jesus gives us clear messages of how to live generously. There are many examples you can read in the four Gospels, but this morning I just want to focus on one very small passage that I believe gives us real insight into how to live generously. And this has spoken to me on a number of occasions when I found myself slipping back into the ways of the world, questioning, how can I give? What do I have to offer? So let's read Mark 12, verse 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All she had to live on. Now I want to look at three quick points from this passage. And the first point is this. Jesus knows The first thing to know is that Jesus knew the amount the widow had given and that the rich people and that of the rich people also Now the temple treasury was placed in part of the temple where everyone could access and was most likely a number of chests in which people placed their offering as it was customary not to show how much an individual was giving it's safe to assume that these chests had coin slots on the top, and people would place their coins in a particular chest. So, how then did Jesus see how much people were giving? Would it be possible to see with his own eyes? No. Jesus can see right into our hearts, he knows everything. And in this instance, he knew the amount the widow had given. Jesus knows everything about us, he can see our feelings, our motives, our love, our generosity. He then, just like in the passage, judges us on how we live our lives, the posture of our hearts. That brings us to the next point really, it's not the amount that counts. The two copper coins the widow gave was the equivalent of 128th of a daily wage. In today's money, if we assume the current minimum wage, it would be approximately 47 pence. It was a tiny amount and on the face of it would make little difference to the temple treasury the rich in comparison were putting in vast amounts yet jesus teaching his disciples says the widow has given more jesus doesn't see the amount she gives but the heart in which she gives it from in fact he says she gives everything her whole life's worth when we are to be generous jesus is calling us to do so from the right heart to give everything we have. Now generosity isn't always just about money but we'll get to that shortly. The third thing we can take away from this passage is that it's a message to all of us. It's as much a message to those with a lot as it is the obvious message to those with little. Now it's comforting to know that God is looking at our hearts as opposed to the amount we give out and this means that everyone is able to be generous whether we have a little or a lot. God, Jehovah Jireh, provides for our every need. Those of us who have received salvation are rich beyond measure as we've inherited the kingdom as the Apostle Paul says. God is calling all of us to live in abundance and be a generous people and this teaches us we all have a part to play whether we can give A little or or lots. So I just want to spend a little time looking at three ways in which we can be a generous people on our front lines. Using generosity to display and share the gospel, bringing the good news of Jesus to everyone, everywhere. One of the most generous things we offer is our time. Giving time to someone is an incredibly honouring thing to do. It says to someone that they're important and that we value them enough to take time out of our day to be with them. Time is free. It doesn't cost us financially, though I appreciate there is a level of sacrifice that comes with it. We must make sure that we can build into our busy lives time for those on our front lines. I know I can find this difficult. I know if I'm not careful, I can get swamped by the business of, busyness of life, and rather than being generous with my time, I can become selfish with it. So let's try and sacrifice some of our time to bless, invest and serve others and see what fruit comes from it. Secondly, we can be generous with our money and our possessions. God provides us with money and possessions. If we have an understanding that all we have is his, it can be easier to be generous with it. It's not ours, we're just looking after it for a while. Let's be like the widow and give generously where there's need. In Matthew 6 verse 19 to 21 it says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where their thieves and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also how we conduct ourselves with money can say a lot to our friends to our family or our work colleagues people are attracted to generous people and are typically repulsed by the selfish. Let's be like the early church in the book of Acts, where they gave money and shared possessions to those in need. If a friend is in need and we have the ability to help, let us do it. Not for our own gratification, but that they may see the generous loving heart of God. There's a joy we can receive by giving in this way, much more so than when we receive. My personal experience of giving is that I receive much more back than that which I give out. I remember a story that our friend Julian Adams told uh, regarding giving and listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, he really loves watches uh, and he had his eye on a really nice watch and he'd saved up all his pocket money and eventually he was uh, able to afford this watch. So he got the watch and... The same day, by the Spirit, God told him to give his new sparkly watch away to someone else. I was devastated, but being the good man of God he was, he trusted God. And sure enough, he gave it away to a friend. With some sense of satisfaction of following God, he looked down sadly at his wrist. But the same week, someone blessed him with an even better watch. 2 Corinthians 9 says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Jubilee, you are really good at this and I just want to commend you for the offering that we recently took, much of which will be used for the work of the church on the front line. So well done. Keep giving generously. The third way we can be generous is with our love. Jesus commenting on which is the greatest commandment, tells us this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus is calling us to love everyone on our front lines as much as we love God. That if we love God with everything we have, then we should love others the same amount. So let's be generous with our love for all of those we come into contact with as we go about our day to day. Jubilee. God is calling us to live abundantly. He's calling us to bless others generously as he blesses us generously. When we are generous, it's a statement that we trust God and as such is an act of worship. Now I truly believe there's a massive opportunity coming as we come out of the end of this lockdown to show Christian hospitality and generosity on our front lines that will bear much more fruit than we can ever imagine. Let's be people who show generosity on the front line.